Hello, everybody. Before we jump into today's episode, which, by the way, I am fired up for you to listen to this one. Um, I got to remind you of our headline sponsor, Routine. Every night when we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water. And really, that's expelling vapors. You sweat, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But when you wake up, you are dehydrated and you lose between a pound and a half and a pound of water. Routine launched a proprietary product called Morning Routine. It's meant to be taken, obviously, in the morning, and it is made up of half an organic lemon, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, and all six essential electrolytes. But unlike many of the other hydration products on the market, Routine has no sugar. It's a super simple product to take. You just tear one pack, um, like a little packets, little single serve packets. You tear one open, dump it into water, shake it up, and you're good to go. It, it really does taste delicious. Um, appreciate the routine team for hooking me up. I have routine here on deck. I usually make one in the morning um, in, a, in like a big container uh, and drink that during my workout. That's kind of how I take morning routine, get rehydrated after losing water overnight. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you guys would like to try routine and you want to try morning routine or any of their other products, you can go over to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Uh, I will also add yourroutine.com in the show notes so you guys can just click on the show notes of this episode and check it out. And don't forget to use Shane White 30 to get you guys 30% off. All right, everybody. Today is a cool one. Um, Drew Manning. If you don't know who he is, you should. He has now become an online personality. He is really like a celebrity trainer at this point. He's been on all of the major, major, um, you know, news outlets, you know, Good Morning America, the Today Show. Uh, I think he's been on like Dr. Oz. He's been on a lot of different, uh, you know, all those platforms talking about his story. And we dive into it. He does a good job of explaining um, his background. But I wanted to give you guys a super high level overview. Drew essentially has been a trainer uh, for most of his life. He's been a health nut. He's been just a, generally a healthy person. He comes from a healthy family. And what I really resonated with his story was he felt like he got to a point where he's telling his clients what to do you know, how to work out, what to eat, what to avoid to become healthy. And he had never gone through that really difficult process himself of losing weight. He's all, he'd always been, you know, thin athletic, and he'd never gone through that mental grueling process, um, that a lot of us either have gone through or know someone who's gone through, uh, in order to become healthier. And so he set out to do what's called fit to fat to fit where you know he's a very lean guy over a short period of time. He put on weight on purpose, and then he's documenting this whole thing, right? So then, then he goes on to lose all the weight and get back to where he was. So he gets to experience what it's like for his clients. Um, for example, this year he did it again. This is the second time he's done it. So he called it Fit to Fat to 40 because he just turned 40. Uh, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a background. This is a long intro and, and he gets into it, but I think this will really hook you to want to listen to the episode because it's it's really cool. So for him, he started off on his on the at the very beginning at 181 pounds. Over the course of I believe four and a half or five months, he went from 181 all the way up to 244 pounds. 
He started at 8.4% body fat. When he got to 244 pounds, he was at 26% body fat. So not to say 26 is, you know, a crazy body fat, but going from eight to 26 in that short of amount of time is pretty incredible. And during that time, he went from eating roughly 3000 calories and being very active, right? He was burning a lot of those calories and they were good, um, a good, they were good calories, um, to eating near nearly 7,500 calories a day. And he really just went all out. He, he didn't work out at all, completely stopped working out during this time frame. ate whatever the hell he wanted. He ate tons of, um, you know, bad carbs, fast food, you name it. He tried to eat as much processed, simple to get cheap food that a lot of America is forced to eat today. Not necessarily, not forced, but it's just more convenient and it's more economical for a lot of families uh, to buy. A lot of the processed stuff you see in the store. He then turned around and, and turned it back on and went through the grueling process. And he went from, so he went from 181 up to 244. He then finished at 182. Uh, and he actually finished with a much lower body fat percentage, which is incredible. So, um, I just want to give you that background. He's got an amazing story. He's a very inspirational person just to get to talk to. Uh, if Drew listens to this, thank you, Drew. Really appreciated getting to meet you and chat with you, uh, just through your business endeavors and, and doing the fit to fat to fit journey. So without further ado, everybody give it up for Drew Manning. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I'm stoked today to have Drew Manning on the show. He is best known for his fit to fat to fit. He's done a few different versions of that. Drew, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome. Shane, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> 100%. And I, I, we talked about it before we started, but I, I'm very jealous of your background of where you're at. Look, at, you, know, you have an awesome <laughs> setup in Hawaii, it looks like. Yeah, well, I wish I could show you, you know, the beach, which is facing that way, but the lighting's better coming from this way, so you know sure. how it goes. So eventually, we'll have an official podcast set up once I get settled in, though. <laughs> love it. No, I love it. That's great. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, and I, I hinted to it saying the fit to fat to fit, would you mind giving everyone just a little bit of a background into, you know, what you've done and, and what you do? Yeah, so the shortened version is back in 2011, I came up with this crazy idea. And here I was back then, someone who was a personal trainer who grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters, and we all played sports. So football and wrestling were a big part of my life growing up. So naturally, I was pretty fit my whole life. <laughs> you know, I was never overweight and then became a personal trainer. And then here I was, someone who had never been overweight a day in my life <laughs> trying to help people. Who were overweight and struggling to get fit and sure. back then i couldn't understand why it was so hard for people to you know just do the hard work like eat healthy and exercise and so i did this experiment came up with this idea called fit to fat to fit where i intentionally gained 75 pounds in six months i stopped exercising ate a lot of processed american junk food that we have here which is very affordable and convenient and Let's be honest, the, the food tastes freaking good. Yeah. So I put on 75 pounds, documented the whole journey. This The journey, you know, the story went viral. You know, here's this personal trainer becoming obese on purpose. Did the whole like TV show thing with different, you know, Dr. Oz and Jay Leno and Good Morning America. Wrote a book. <clears throat> and then the book became a TV show on A&E called Fit to Fat to Fit, where we then put other trainers through this process. 
And the biggest thing that I took away from all that is the importance of empathy. And I realized just how wrong I was in my approach to helping people because I, I saw it through a new perspective after having been through that, I was humbled and I, I realized how wrong I was and how powerful the emotional connection to food really is. And that's what changed my whole you know, perspective and it changed my, my brand and what I do now, uh, you know, trying to bring more empathy into the fitness industry. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I love that. And it is interesting, right? I, I thought about that before I came on here. I'm like, most of the trainers I know are in pretty damn good shape. And I hadn't thought about it from that angle. Like that's a great mm-hmm. point of why you would want to go through it. Um, yeah. So when you, when you came up with that idea, I'm, I'm curious, I'm sure like family and friends had to have thought you were nuts. Was that, is that a pretty fair estimate when you came up with the initial concept? That's funny. I actually asked a lot of close friends and family what they thought of it. And even my wife at the time, she was pregnant and everyone thought it was a great idea, crazy idea, but like, oh yeah, you should totally do that. That would be awesome. I would definitely follow along. And my wife was like, you know, cause I was more of a health nut and sure. she was pregnant. So, and she was like, so you're telling me we're going to have junk food in the house while I'm pregnant. She's like, this sounds like a perfect combination. Like she's like, you should totally do it. <laughs> the only one that was against it was my mom. Cause she was worried about my health, you know, which is what moms do. Right. Um, but yeah, I did check with like close friends and family just to make sure I wasn't like too crazy. I was like, you guys, is this too crazy? But everyone thought it was like a, you know, a genius idea. And here we are today, you know, and it, it turned out to be a pretty good idea, to be honest with you. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and when you first started it, I mean, I'm, I'm super curious, especially on like the diet front. I, was it was it just like eat whatever you want, whenever you want, no limits, no bars? And then on top of that, you know, being someone who was healthy and active and, and relative, you know, a, a fit guy, what, what was it like to like not only like do that to your diet, but then like not exercise? I feel like that would be mentally probably the toughest thing. Yeah. So to answer the first question, you know, I remember watching Supersize Me with Morgan Spurlock where he yeah. ate McDonald's three times a day, right? Crazy experiment. He almost dies because he becomes so unhealthy. So I wanted to focus on something different. I think most Americans know fast food is is unhealthy, right? right <laughs> we still right. eat it, but we kind of know, okay, the fast food is not what we want to eat every day. So I want to focus on everyday American foods that we grew up with in the 70s and 80s, you know? Like I remember seeing commercials as a kid with a complete American breakfast, which consisted of some kind of healthy cereal, <laughs> some toast and some orange juice, right? Like, oh, yeah, this is a right. part of a complete breakfast, right? And um, so those are the foods that I focused on was like all the cheap, convenient processed foods that we have at our grocery stores that, like I said, are very affordable and they're designed to be hyper palatable, which means they're designed to taste freaking delicious. And so you get hooked on them really easily. So cereal for breakfast, granola bars for snacks, you know, peanut butter and honey sandwiches or jelly sandwiches for lunch, chips and uh, crackers and soda for a snack. And then dinner was like pasta, white pasta, marinara sauce, meatballs, garlic bread. And then of course, like dessert before you go to bed. And that was a typical day for me. So all these foods that we have, um, you know, chips, cookies, crackers, you know, hot pockets, SpaghettiOs, mac and cheese, uh, top ramen, like, like you name it. <laughs> it like all these, for like a these day. foods that we... <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was fun for about a day and then you know it became really really difficult uh, those are the foods that i focus on right okay. i ate out maybe fast food like once a week 
Uh, but those are the foods that I focus on. To answer your second question, how did this affect me? It was really interesting because my identity up until that point was my body. Like my body image was my self-image. So I was Drew the fit guy in my mind. And even like the first 10 or 20 pounds were super uncomfortable because I kind of had this identity crisis and I kind of freaked out. And so I remember like wanting so bad because I cared what other people thought about me, wanting to explain to other people why I was overweight, like as strangers, like, hey, just so you know, I'm not really overweight. Like, this is just an experiment. This is like, you know, show them my before picture and show people like, this is what I really look like. You know, I, I wanted people to know or understand what I was doing because I felt so uncomfortable being overweight for the first time because I had let my body image become my self-image and so for me it was really interesting this identity crisis and how attached all of us are to our bodies as our identity when in reality our bodies are a part of our identity but it should not be our complete identity why because our bodies can change our bodies can be altered and things can happen we can become obese we can become skinny we can lose limbs we can all kinds of things our bodies can change so right, right. our identity shouldn't be wrapped in our body because we are more than just our bodies you know so yeah totally makes sense uh, this might be a dumb question but one of the things that popped off to me mm-hmm. was since you've never you had never been overweight yeah. was there anything in the back of your mind that you're like i'm gonna put all did you have any doubt that you could lose it all <laughs> i doubted when i was because I, I thought i was gonna gain 50 or 60 pounds to be honest with you but I ended up getting 75 and I was pretty surprised about that, to be honest (laughs) with you. And so I, when I remember I was on Dr. Oz and towards my heaviest and um, he was going over my blood work and showing me how unhealthy, you know, I was becoming. And it it became, it kind of dawned on me, like, what if I get stuck like this? Like, what if I can't lose the weight? Then man, that'll be, that'll be really bad for my image and, and for my health. So I had doubts, but I didn't really know because I'd never been there. I've cut weight for wrestling, but not 75 pounds of fat, right? That's totally different. Um, But I did have my doubts, to be honest with you. And I was worried about like, what if I get stuck like this? But, you know, it's interesting how your body is resilient. Your body, if you treat it consistently well, it responds well and you can change, you know, your body composition. Right. The opposite of that is true too. If you treat your body unhealthy in just six months, like my whole life, I was 31 years old, 30 years of my life, healthy, fit, lean, never struggled with my weight. And then in just six months of letting myself go on purpose, it's crazy how, how quickly your body can change. So. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And did you get any, like, I know it's funny, like seeing your story from the fit to fat to fit. Um, and I was looking at, I wrote down some of your numbers cause I'm a, I'm a finance guy, obviously. So I'm like, I'm a, a big data guy going from, you went from 181 and this is the last one, the fit to fat to 40. I was looking at 181 mm-hmm. to 244 back down to 182. I thought it was crazy. Yeah. Your body fat, you went from 8.4 to 26.2 down to 4.5, which is, that's insane. It was, do you, do you like, I, I'm just curious from an outsider, people who are just learning of you for the first time. You know, one yeah. of the things I always hear, like people think it's like impossible to lose a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time, but you seem like you, you're a person who given like the types of exercise you've done, the type of dieting you're doing, it is the consistency with it that you've kind of proven that like you can literally swing from one extreme to the other and back, um, over, I mean, it's still a good chunk of time, but not as long as people would think. So I guess my question is, is, is that pretty, is that based off of, of, you know, can anyone 
kind of go through those, that, that range of motion? Or is, do you think there's anything different with you just for the general person listening to this that would love to lose weight, for example? Yeah, it's a really good question. This is what I wanted to show people was how, you know, me doing my journey, you know, could be possible for some people out there, but I would say the large majority of people, probably not, because let's be honest, like we have different metabolisms, we have different bodies, we have different levels of homeostasis of what your body feels comfortable at, right? My body, my whole life has been very lean, except for two times where I let myself go, right? (laughs) Where I did balloon up and gain a lot of body fat. But I was only there for six months the first time and then four months the second time. Uh, And so my body responded really well to losing the weight. And so I'm very vocal and open about telling people like my results are probably not going to be your results. Why? Because our bodies are just so different and we're at different chapters in our life. You know, some, let's say someone have stopped exercising for 10 years, right? They, life happened. They got a college degree. They got a job. They got married. They had kids and before you know it, they're like 50, 60 pounds overweight, but they haven't worked out in like eight years really consistently. Yeah. And then they do my program and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm at the same weight as Drew, but your body fat's way higher and it's been higher for a long period of time. And so, yeah, I did have some people lose just as much weight as me or even more than me. They would say the majority of people, you know, lost a little bit less than me, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means I might take longer. And sure. that's, not something that you should just be like, oh, well, his results are gonna, are quicker and I can't get those results. Therefore, I shouldn't do it, right? You got to start somewhere. And the, the more, <laughs> the sooner you start and the more consistent you are throughout the years, that's where you'll see the progress in get, you know, getting to where you want to be. The problem is people quit too soon thinking, oh, I didn't get the results that Drew got. There's something wrong with me. And they see themselves as a failure and they're like, this is too hard. I'm going to go back to my old ways. And that's kind of what I'm trying to change in the fitness industry is people's perception of what success looks like. Cause we think sure. success is getting the body. Like once I get this skinny body, once I hit that number on the scale, then I'll, then I'll be happy and then I'll be successful. Right. And then people will like me. That's what we think when in reality we have it totally backwards and shifting that perception is hard to do. But if you can, success is really about, learning to fall in love with the process, right? Regardless of results, right? If you eat healthy food and you exercise every single day and uh, treat your body with kindness and you sleep through the night and you manage your stress as best as you can, right? And you live that process because it feels good to you. Then usually what happens is results take care of themselves over time. Ah. But but if you're doing it for the results only, then you – look at the process as you resent it. You're like, okay, I'll put up with this process, you know, but when it gets too hard and I don't get those results that I want, then why do the process? If I'm not getting the results, why do the process, right? Go back to something that makes you happy, which is drinking beer and eating pizza all day. If you're, you know, if you're not going to get the results, that's what people think. And so if you can learn to fall in love with the process, because it feels good to do the process and take the results out of it for a second, get rid of the scale, don't worry about the results just yet. Just focus on living that process day in and day out because it feels good to do it. That's what I'm trying to get people to see as success. The problems that we see Instagram, we see these, you know, these pictures and we think, you know, these Insta models are what I need to look like to be healthy because that's what society judges as healthy. Like if you look like that, you're respected. You're looked up upon, like people look up on you. But if you don't look like that, you're looked down upon and you're labeled as lazy or fat. 
And this is what I'm trying to change in the industry that needs that old mentality needs to go and just teach people to learn to fall in love with the process, no matter what their body size is. I'm not saying you, you know, you should just eat whatever you want and never exercise and let yourself go, but fall in love with the process of treating yourself uh, kindly with a healthy lifestyle. And that's kind of what I'm trying to change. Does that make sense? Love that, Drew. Yeah, no, it's super cool. I honestly, I'm probably in the first camp where I, I probably get too hung up on on specific things that I want to hit or look like or show. That's a really interesting way yeah. to think about it. And I, it's funny to, not to kind of go on a, on a different tangent at all, but I, I think things like uh, the whoop, I see, see you wear a whoop and yeah. I've had one for a while. Yeah. Is that, is that something that you like recommend to people? Not necessarily like to, to plug them at all, but just in general, like that to me reminds like the whoop for me has been like that. Like it's helping me um, just test things and keep me accountable and try to get me to sleep more and just try things to see if it works from a data perspective. I think, you know, our society is moving more towards, you know, wearables like the whoop or technology to have these data points to kind of show, Hey, this is something that is almost gamifies the process. So it makes it more, enjoyable or entertaining because you can check off like oh look at my sleep score today like i'm in the green or yellow or red like these types of visuals that we can see help us become more accountable like oh man drinking those two glasses of wine last night and eating pizza look what that did to my sleep and look what it does to my you know my workouts like my workouts i don't have this much energy or endurance as i normally do and so i think that just those types of that type of data you know whether it's a whoop or whatever device you use um, is just the more data, the better for most people, not everyone, because it can be overwhelming for some people. Sure. But for me, I like it because I like to know, okay, how did I sleep last night? How should I train today? Should I go hard? Should I take it easy based off my recovery score? And I think, you know, that's why a lot of athletes wear it because they can optimize their health even more with new data that we have versus just kind of winging it. And so I think for some people, that kind of stuff really, really helps. So got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you try to like change your tra- training or, you know, training and or diet, depending on like what you see on your whoop? I know because some people I know that wear it, you know, it's tough. It's like you have like a, maybe a workout regimen during the week um, and you know, you're going to follow it no matter what, or are you someone who kind of like pivots and changes things as you see your recovery come in? It depends on what I have going on. Like, for example, my back to fit journey, even if I slept horribly, I still had to get my workout in now. Right there are some things I could tweak, like the intensity of my workout. Like, do I really need to sprint a hundred percent? What if I lowered that to 80% because I didn't sleep well last night? Maybe that would help me, you know, with my stress levels, because you got to understand exercise is a stress. Lack of sleep is a stress. Dieting, being in a caloric deficit is a stress on your body. And so we're constantly putting stress on our body and we want it to perform well, our hormones be balanced to perform efficiently to lose the weight. And I think what happens is people get burnt out. If they push themselves too hard, they, they cut their sleep, you know, they wake up earlier. Um, they push themselves harder in the gym. You know, they, they go even to a more caloric deficit, you know, putting, and then your stress hormones are elevated all day long, which makes it harder to sleep, which makes it harder for your other hormones to be balanced. When one is off, it kind of is a snowball effect on the other hormones. And so this is why, losing weight or becoming skinny doesn't always equate to better health for some people Ah. because of these types of stresses. And so, yes, uh, for me, I can adjust these things, but there are some days where I'm like, look, I'm going to have to David David Goggins this today and just push past, you know what I'm saying? Like push myself really hard because I have to get this done no matter what. 
But if I'm doing that day in and day out, eventually it's going to catch up to our bodies and eventually something's going to break if we don't, you know, we can't always just rely on our body to perform at that level. It's like, it's like running on an empty tank right. and expecting to go full speed all the time. It's just, it's not going to be possible in the long run. So play the long game is what I tell people. If you have the ability to, maybe you slept horrible last night, like one of your kids kept you up and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk today and meditate instead of push myself in the gym. If you have the ability to do that, I highly recommend that based off of this data where you're like, yep, I was up all night, you know, and the, the numbers reflect that. Maybe I'll get the hard workout in tomorrow after I get some quality sleep tonight. And then that would probably be more optimal for people's health. Love it. Got it. It's the long game. It's using it for the long yep. game. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, so to build on what you've done, obviously you also have a really impactful platform that has, you know, the ability to follow along with workouts and diets. Would you mind kind of giving everyone a little lowdown on, on just like the fit to fat to fit um, just really the overall programming that you offer? Cause I think a lot of my audience would really love to learn more about like your journey and now what you're doing as far as trying to help other people. Yeah. So, you know, my back to fit program, I'll probably just start there. That was the, the program that I used to lose the weight. Um, and uh, it's a four month program with detailed meal plans and workouts and a supplement protocols that I used. And I think the thing that was so unique about that is, you know, they, people got to do it with me through an yeah. app that they download. So the app is free, but you, you got to pay for the membership to the app, right? Um, and then you get access to my exact meal plans and my exact workouts and recipes and grocery lists and all that stuff that you need on the physical side. But the cool thing is that you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with thousands of people from all over the world and with me, uh, as you know, if you had signed up, you know, when I did it. Now that program is still available today and you can still be added to the private Facebook group where you can ask your questions and people can keep you accountable. And it's a, it's a really powerful thing to have, you know, strangers from all over the world doing the same program <clears throat> at the same time as you, which is really, really cool and unique. But the thing that I guess makes my programs different, tying it into this whole fit 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 thing is the whole mental and emotional side of transformation, which not a lot of people talk about in the fitness industry. You heard me just mention meal plans and workouts and supplements, like all of that stuff is all over the fitness industry and the diamond doesn't like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many programs out there that give you all the physical tools you need. But the problem is that people think physical transformation is just physical. The problem is that your emotions, your, your emotional health and your mental health tie in to how well you do the physical stuff. Ah, and yeah. so that's why I have all these unique uh, tips, tricks, and hacks on the mental and emotional side. So for example, I have my followers that make their bed every single morning, right? I have them take a cold shower every single day. I have them meditate, uh, you know, uh, do a gratitude journal. I have them, um, you know, say positive affirmations. What do these things have to do with losing weight or getting a six pack? Nothing, except for the fact that it's training your brain to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Like, for example, taking a cold shower sucks. People hate it, <laughs> but they end up loving it because what it does is if I could teach them to slow down their breathing in a, a situation where normally their fight or flight response would kick in and they want to hyperventilate, right, and tense up, if I could teach them to relax in those moments and realize that they're okay, that can carry over into maybe say you're working out and it's a hard workout. It's very uncomfortable. You're sweating. You're breathing heavy. Your muscles are burning. And you can relax and say, hey, I'm okay. I can get through this. I'm not going to die. I don't need to quit and keep going. 
that's the kind of mentality that people need to have in order to make some really substantial changes in their life. The problem is that we've become so comfortable with being comfortable that any kind of discomfort we have an answer for, we have a solution for. You're hot, oh, turn up the AC. You're cold, turn on the heater. Go take a warm shower, get some soft clothes, lay in a soft bed. Like we have all kinds of comforts and to be uncomfortable, you know, people don't like that. Yeah. And so these types of things that I mentioned, meditation, which can be uncomfortable, making your bed, these, these little tiny things add up and just starts to rewire people's brains to see this journey of physical transformation and see it as more of a complete transformation because their mental and emotional state is tied in to how well they do the physical stuff, right? Like, let's take a mom or dad, let's, you know, has kids and has finances and jobs and all kinds of responsibilities. Their stress levels are, are high, right? They're not sleeping well through the night. They're taking tons of caffeine, maybe taking sedatives at night to fall asleep. And, you know, it's this vicious cycle of like, when do I have time to work out? How am I going to fit this in? How am I going to, you know, exercise? Yeah, right. And, um, you know, and, and that, that kind of mental and emotional state makes that physical journey so much harder if you don't know how to, um, you know, train your brain to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And so this is the kind of stuff that's implemented into all my programs. So it's available on my website. You'll have homework. Uh, like I said, those those little things that I do every morning, like love making that. your bed and the cold shower makes a big difference. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, I, I try to do a lot of that stuff you just mentioned first thing in the morning. And I do feel like the days I can get it in, uh, it, it just like starts the whole day on a different trajectory than the days that I don't. So I, I definitely can, can, you know, relate mm-hmm. to some of that. Um, yeah. so, and, and then the, the app also, like you said, has, you know, diet stuff. It has, uh, I thought the shopping list feature is really cool. I know my wife does something similar and it, it's really helped her, uh, figure out what she needs. I think it's a huge key. What type of people who are new to this, what is the, I know you're a big keto fan. Uh, is that the main like form of diet that people are going to go through if they follow your programming? Good question. In this one specific program, yes, but we kind of learn how to cycle in and out of ketosis. So yes, I'm a big fan of keto, um, but that doesn't mean you do keto forever. Um, What you have to learn how to do is become keto adapted. So the first 30 days is a keto adaptation phase. So you're teaching your body to use an alternative fuel source called ketones instead of glucose. So it takes about 30 days for your body to become acclimated to this new fuel source. And then your body becomes efficient at burning fat for energy instead of sugar for energy. And then from there, we kind of use different approaches like cyclical keto and targeted keto where we use carbs strategically, you know, where you're cycling in and out of ketosis. So there's a cyclical keto phase where you do six days of keto, one day of high carb. Uh, There's a targeted keto phase where you add carbs in pre and post workout, like a small amount. And so that's the thing is like, people think, oh, once you're keto, you have to stay keto forever. If you have a carb one, you know, if you have a high carb day, then you gain all the weight back. And that's just not true. It's just learning how to use carbs strategically and using both sources of fuel at the right times. And so that's the back to fit program. But I have my recent back for more program, which is a muscle building hypertrophy phase, which uses um, more of a modified Atkins. I wouldn't say it's traditional keto. It's a higher protein, less fat approach to a ketogenic diet, I guess you could say, but I have non-keto programs as well. I use intermittent fasting. Uh, there's a, if you, if you go to my website, fit to fat to fit.com, there's all different types of approaches because let's be honest, not, well, there's no one perfect diet for the whole human race. Uh, sure. Different yeah. things work for different people. 
So if you go to my website, you'll see all different kinds of um, programs. Love it. No, I love that. Um, so the one big question I wanted to ask is, uh, so you, I think it's really impactful what you've done, what you're building, how you're helping people in a much different way. Obviously, like what you went through is, is something that a lot of people can't say. Um, what is, what do you want to be remembered for in the fitness industry long from now? Um, yeah. you know, after you're, you're done doing the programming and you've moved on, what would be like the most important thing you want to be remembered for? That's easy. Uh, empathy, the word empathy and why that's so important in an industry that's so focused on body image. You know, I'm trying to disrupt this industry and talk about the importance of having empathy for those that struggle, because like I said, our society is so judgmental based off people's body image and people are looked down upon if they're if they have high body fat right as if it's the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen um and the problem that that people overlook or don't understand is how people's mental and emotional health affects their physical health and so we look at someone we might look at someone who's overweight and be like why don't you just eat less food and work out more it's simple right we think it's simple and easy to do for everyone because maybe it's easy for us but this is why trauma abuse you know emotional challenges that happen in people's lives people gravitate towards sometimes food other people drugs other people alcohol to numb the pain of their you know of their life that they've had so far and food is one of the easiest drugs that we have access to because you can go buy it at the grocery store order it on doordash go to a restaurant fast food place it's everywhere right and it's even marketed to us as health food sometimes and yeah, so right. people don't realize how much of people's transformation is tied to their mental and emotional health, which there's a lot of broken people in this world. This world is going to break a lot of people because of how hard it is. And unfortunately, food is a very easy way to numb the pain uh, because it's it's legal and it's affordable and it's cheap and it's convenient and it tastes really, really good. And so I'm trying to bring more empathy to the fitness industry and, and tell people it's not as easy as we think it is for people to lose weight. And this is why my brand talks about, you know, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Ah, and that's that. what this, yeah, that's what Fit to Pet to Fit is all about. Love that. Love that, Drew. That's really cool. Um, the last two questions are um, ones I like to ask every founder that comes on here. I think they're just really impactful and, and mm-hmm. always has have good responses. Uh, the first one is what tools do you use to track your goals and ultimately your daily tasks. Are you like an app guy? Are you a pen and paper guy? Like what do you do just to get shit done? Yeah, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To be honest with you, I keep it simple. Uh, For me, writing it down pen to paper is is the way I do it uh, for most things. When I'm like taking notes or doing to-do lists, uh, it's mostly in my, you know, in my notes section of my phone. Sure. Um, but like, if I'm writing down my gratitude list, if I'm writing down my positive affirmations, my goals, I like to write it down physically every single day, even if it's repetitive, right? I'll write it down every single day and just writing it down for me is more powerful than just typing it into my phone and leaving it there for the whole year. You know, I think there's power in writing it down every single day as a remembrance, you know, yeah. cause it's kind of ingrained in your brain a little bit more in my opinion. Um, and that's kind of how I, how I get shit done. Love that. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, uh, I feel like it's on the front of your mind probably all the time too. You probably think about what you go through your day based off of what you wrote down that morning versus maybe look at that phone app once 
every month or something, yeah. you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, the last yeah. one is, uh, I always say lead with book, but I mean, it could be a podcast, just source of knowledge for the audience. What would be a book podcast source of knowledge that you would suggest for all of them? Oh man, this is, this is a tough one because I feel like it depends on the person's situation, but one book that I think is important for every, I would say every human to read would probably be the four agreements because I feel like a lot of suffering in our life uh, has to do with our perception of our stories and we, our stories become our realities. And so uh, what I mean by that is, you know, when we, when we make assumptions about other people, right, which is so easy to do on social media, when we take things personally, right, which a lot of us do, someone's rude to us or mean to us or says something, we make it about us when in reality it's not about us. And so I feel like making assumptions, taking things personally, uh, you know, not being impeccable with your word and not doing your best all the time, those four agreements uh, can really make a big impact in our, I would say, our happiness levels in this life and learning to let that stuff go. Because I think that's where people get caught up in a lot of the drama, which causes a lot more stress, which when we're stressed out or less motivated to do the things we know we're supposed to do. So if I could gift, I say, I would say one book to everyone would be the four agreements. And I feel like this world would be a lot happier place, you know, which would make the journey of physical transformation so much easier if we didn't have as much drama or stress in our life, because then we would, we could, you know, exercise and eat healthy food, um, you know, a little bit easier when we're not stressed out about so many things that become big deals to us when in reality, a lot of times, a lot of that suffering is made up or there's stories that we've created which causes this personal hell that we live in. So I know that has nothing to do with getting a six pack or like losing <laughs> no, but body that's back, great. but it ties into it. It yeah. really does. And this is what I'm trying to make people more aware of is how your mental, emotional state of mind affects your physical health. So love that. No, I love that. Drew. The, uh, that I had never heard of that until recently. I actually heard Joe Rogan talk about the four agreements and I, I yeah. looked it up, researched it. And now I have it on. It's like on my computer screen. It's like, hang it. It's, like it's one an of the easy things. read. Super yeah, easy, super and easy I just read. <laughs> it's super impactful for me too. I mean, yeah. I, I I've taken that and uh, I've been trying to live my life better that way. Um, so no, I think that's great. To me, the takeaway here in this podcast for anyone listening, I mean, I, I had never really connected the the mental side as you just did so eloquently in thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, Drew. Mm-hmm. This has been this has been fun, yeah. and for me, I learned a lot today. So I appreciate Thanks, that. Shane. I think it's a great one. Um, the la- very last one and the most in question, most important question is uh, how can people follow along with you and your journey? And then you mentioned it once, but another plug on uh, how people can get involved with Fit to Fat to Fit. Yeah, super simple. So Fit to Fat to Fit is the same across all social media platforms. Just the, the, the word fit, number two, fat, number two, fit, um, is the same for all social media platforms and my website and my podcast and my book. So if you just type in that word, you'll Love find everything it. you need. Well, you did a good job there on marketing front. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that, Shane. But awesome. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll add all that to the show notes. People can find that easily. And um, Drew, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Good luck with your move to Hawaii. Hope you enjoy it. And mm-hmm. it looks like you already have some beautiful weather. So hope you enjoy that sure. as well. Thanks, Shane. Good talking to you. Awesome. Have you too, Drew. One. Have a good one. See ya.